Hello, knowledge seekers. In this episode of 20 Minute Books, we delve deep into An Ugly Truth, a gripping expose that takes us behind the shiny facade of one of the world's most powerful companies, Facebook. Released in 2021, this incisive book is the result of a meticulous investigation by Shira Frenkel and Cecilia Kang, two award-winning journalists at the New York Times. Frenkel brings her extensive expertise as a cybersecurity reporter, having contributed to a variety of esteemed outlets, including BuzzFeed, NPR, and the Times of London. Kang complements this with her seasoned experience as a technology and regulatory correspondent. Together, they've earned recognition with the George Polk Award for National Reporting, the Gerald Loeb Award for Investigative Reporting, and were finalists for the Pulitzer Prize for National Reporting in 2019. In An Ugly Truth, Frankel and Kang illustrate the internal politics and personalities that have both propelled and plagued the tech giant through its ascension into a global phenomenon and its subsequent series of public gaffes and controversies. It's a story that speaks volumes about the complex dynamics of power, privacy, and responsibility in the digital age. This book is a must-read if you're captivated by the intricacies of the internet, if political maneuvering within the social media landscape keeps you scrolling, or if you've ever found yourself wondering about the impact of logging into the omnipresent world of social media. Prepare to be engaged, informed, and perhaps a touch horrified as you uncover an ugly truth. An Ugly Truth Inside Facebook's Battle for Domination Introduction A Deep Dive into Facebook's Controversial Legacy What started in a Harvard dorm room had blossomed into a global social network connecting billions of people. Still, it seems that with great power comes great scandal. Facebook, the brainchild of Mark Zuckerberg, has evolved from a novel idea to connect college students into a controversial tech giant facing scrutiny over compromising user privacy, propagating misinformation, and having dubious political ties. This exploration peels back the layers on Facebook's nefarious underpinnings. Through comprehensive investigative work, we gain insight into the series of events that embroiled the company in one scandal after another. The discoveries along the way are startling, painting a picture of a corporation that's been embattled with ethical decay from its inception. Throughout this journey, you'll uncover the story behind Zuckerberg's decision to shut down his initial creation, FaceMash, the unsettling ways in which Facebook has impacted the social and political landscape in Myanmar, the peculiar role of a so-called ratcatcher within the corporate ranks of the tech behemoth. Join us as we navigate the troubling waters surrounding a platform once celebrated for its innovation and inclusivity, now tarnished by an ugly truth. Part 1. Controversy, Engagement, and Zuckerberg's Vision for Facebook It was a turning point in the 2016 presidential election campaign. A video of Donald Trump calling for an outright ban on Muslims entering the United States erupted across Facebook. The controversy wasn't just about the content, but also about Facebook's response. Employees saw it as hate speech, directly in conflict with the platform's terms of service. Yet, CEO Mark Zuckerberg 
after consulting with Joel Kaplan, the Vice President of Public Policy, decided that the political significance of the message outweighed any ethical concerns. The video remained, spreading like wildfire through shares and likes. This incident serves as a stark example of how, from its inception, Zuckerberg's vision for Facebook often prioritized user engagement over ethical considerations. Go back to Zuckerberg's college days and you'll find the precursor to Facebook, FaceMash. This was a blog that invited users to rate the attractiveness of female students at Harvard. Although it attracted attention, it was the negative backlash from the student community that spurred Zuckerberg to pivot to a new project, the Facebook. In 2004, the Facebook launched as a rudimentary social network limited to Harvard students. Its features were simple, yet the platform quickly gained extraordinary traction, boasting over a million users by the following year. This success convinced Zuckerberg to drop out of Harvard, migrate to Palo Alto, and devote himself entirely to growing Facebook. During these foundational years, Facebook's expansion was meteoric, emerging as one of Silicon Valley's most exciting startups. The buzz around the platform was so intense that giants like Yahoo made billion-dollar offers to acquire it. Zuckerberg declined, guided less by immediate profits and more by a grand vision of uncontrollable growth and relentless user engagement. The introduction of the news feed in September 2006 exemplifies Zuckerberg's strategy perfectly. Users initially protested its invasion of privacy and the deluge of information it presented. Yet, the internal data painted a different picture. Engagement soared. Despite public outcry, Zuckerberg observed that the new feature was achieving his core ambition. It kept users online longer and prompted them to share more content. This early insight solidified Zuckerberg's belief that, to thrive, Facebook had to put user engagement above all else, even when faced with ethical dilemmas. Part 2. The Mastermind Behind Facebook's Advertising Empire Mark Zuckerberg, known to shun idle chatter, found a compelling reason to attend a colleague's Christmas bash in December 2007. What drew him was the chance to meet Sheryl Sandberg, a woman whose track record in business was nothing short of impressive, boasting Ivy League credentials and a key role in Google's ascension. Their encounter that evening sparked a series of discussions which, by March 2008, would culminate in Sandberg joining Facebook as its chief operating officer. Sandberg's arrival signified a pivotal moment for Facebook. She had the magic touch when it came to monetization and was about to transform Facebook into a titan of the advertising world. At Google, Sandberg had a reputation for turning modest ventures into profit powerhouses, and she brought this skill set to Facebook. Recognizing the treasure trove of user data, Facebook amassed, she understood that the platform was poised to redefine the advertising landscape. Instead of the traditional search based ad targeting Google used, Facebook could tailor ads based on a comprehensive picture of user activities. The social nature of Facebook's interface made it all the more potent as users could amplify ad reach by sharing with friends and interacting with brands directly. To capitalize on these insights, Facebook launched initiatives to more effectively exploit user data for ad revenue. 
The introduction of the like button in 2009 was a game changer, simplifying user interaction while clandestinely gathering valuable data on preferences for advertisers. Accompanying these changes were revised privacy settings, complex and misleading by design, nudging users towards more public data sharing, to the chagrin of privacy watchdogs. Concerned entities like the Center for Digital Democracy recognized the risks and sounded the alarm, culminating in a complaint filed with the Federal Trade Commission in December 2009. The fallout saw Facebook commit to routine privacy reviews. However, regulatory follow-up remained sparse. Sandberg's vision was clear, and the framework was set. Facebook was on its way to solidifying its status as an advertising behemoth with little oversight hindering its progress. Part 3. Facebook's Turbulent Attempt to Balance Politics and Neutrality Sonia Ahuja may have held the title of engineer on paper, but her true role within the walls of Facebook had a far darker title. She was known as the Rat Catcher. Her task was straightforward. Pinpoint the Facebook employees leaking sensitive information to the press and ensure their swift termination. It was in 2016 that the rat catcher's skills were truly put to the test. A series of exposés by the tech blog Gizmodo cast a harsh light on Facebook, suggesting that, as political tensions mounted in the United States, the site became a breeding ground for fake news and extremist content. These reports claimed that certain Facebook staff were keen on curbing this disturbing trend. In reality, As Facebook vied for digital supremacy, it unintentionally became a powerful force in the political arena, leaving the company wrestling with its political impact. Facebook's struggle to maintain a veneer of political impartiality reached a boiling point that year. As the platform increasingly became a primary news source for millions globally, its revenue swelled, but so did the complexity of its role. The algorithm fueling the newsfeed prioritized engaging content, a quality often stitched into sensational and divisive posts. This inevitably led to echo chambers filled with misinformation. In a bid to infuse some control, Facebook introduced trending topics, granting the content team the power to shape the narrative partly. However, A May 2016 Gizmodo piece accused Facebook of using this feature to choke conservative content, fueling a media frenzy among right-wing outlets. The conservative uproar prompted Zuckerberg to engage in damage control, sitting down with conservative luminaries like Glenn Beck and Arthur Brooks to tout his dedication to free expression. Despite Zuckerberg's efforts, unease stirred on both sides of the political divide. To complicate matters, Facebook's threat intelligence team unearthed a disconcerting pattern. Russian hackers were exploiting the platform to disseminate false narratives about Democratic candidates. Some were even leaking stolen correspondences from the Democratic National Committee. The team acted by suspending certain accounts, but the ripples of misinformation had already set into motion with several deceptive narratives seizing national attention. Facebook's aspiration for neutrality was crumbling, revealing the challenges of reigning over a platform that could sway the very foundations of democracy. Part 4. Navigating the Aftermath of an Unexpected Political Upset 
The 2016 U.S. presidential election result caught many off guard, and Facebook found itself in the whirlwind of an unexpected political shift. Mark Zuckerberg and his colleagues were compelled to face a new reality, one where they needed to establish amicable ties with President Donald Trump's administration. The move to hire Trump's former campaign manager, Corey Lewandowski, as a consultant was Facebook's way of forming those connections. But deep within Facebook's walls, employees were struggling with the concept of collaborating with Trump. What they didn't realize, however, was that a more unsettling possibility was looming over them. Their own platform might have been instrumental in Trump's road to victory. As Facebook delved into its involvement in the election, it became evident that they had shied away from acknowledging the extent of election interference through their network. In the wake of the election, Alex Stamos, who headed Facebook's cybersecurity, initiated Project P, an internal probe aimed at identifying whether Facebook had been a vehicle for political propaganda. His team's meticulous scrutiny of political ads revealed alarming patterns of coordinated campaigns, tracing back to the Internet Research Agency. IRA, a Russian entity invested in influencing political narratives. The IRA's sophisticated ad campaigns on Facebook, teetering at both ends of the political spectrum, touched the screens of 126 million Americans, potentially tipping the scales of political discourse and the election outcome. Although this intelligence was alarming, Facebook's initial instinct was to minimize these revelations to sidestep a politicized quagmire but the calm wouldn't last long. In March 2018, explosive reports by the New York Times unveiled that Cambridge Analytica, a British consulting firm, had exploited a weakness in Facebook's system to collect data from up to 87 million users. This data was then sold to the Trump campaign for crafting specialized political ads. The Cambridge Analytica scandal reignited scrutiny of Facebook's privacy gaffes sending the company's stock into a nosedive. Zuckerberg found himself under the glaring lights of congressional hearings. Despite the high stakes and intense pressure, Zuckerberg managed to navigate the hearings without making any damning concessions. A combination of technological naivety on the part of some lawmakers and Zuckerberg's composed responses meant that, as the day closed, Facebook's stock had bounced back, hinting that the company might just wriggle out of this debacle with minimal damage. Part 5. How Facebook's Oversight Fueled a Humanitarian Crisis Picture this. A Burmese soldier, immersed in a disturbing blend of personal conviction and hateful propaganda, takes to Facebook to vent his wrath against the Muslim community. Sadly, he's not the only one being pulled into a maelstrom of vitriol directed at the Rohingya, Myanmar's Muslim minority. Before long, this online onslaught transforms into real-world horror. Thousands of Rohingya lives are lost, while countless others are displaced. These tragic events thrust into stark relief how Facebook's oversight in content moderation can have a catastrophic impact, revealing the platform's role in escalating what the United Nations would later classify as a genocidal clash. Facebook's mission to court the next 1 billion users by spreading into developing nations like Myanmar was a venture marked by ambition, 
However, it was an ambition blighted by a critical oversight. Facebook had not prepared for the unique ways its platform would be appropriated in new cultural and linguistic landscapes, nor had it invested in adequate moderation to oversee content across the myriad of languages now flooding the site. From 2014, alarm bells were ringing as activists like Matt Schisler alerted Facebook to the malignant hate speech pervading its platform in Myanmar. Despite presenting their concerns at Facebook's very doorstep, these warnings were largely ignored, leaving a vacuum where decisive action by the company could have helped mitigate the growing crisis. As Facebook grappled with the backlash of the Cambridge Analytica debacle and other controversies, its once shining image began to dull. To the industry's rising stars, Facebook lost its luster as an employer of choice, prompting a wave of talent to look elsewhere for opportunities. In an attempt to right the ship, Zuckerberg announced his transition to becoming a wartime CEO in July 2018, signaling a commitment to hands-on leadership to steer Facebook through one of its most turbulent phases. Part 6. The Mounting Backlash Against Facebook's Dominance Mark Zuckerberg, no stranger to harsh criticism by 2019, found himself staring down particularly piercing words from an unexpected corner. Chris Hughes, a former confidant and co-founder of Facebook, had just published a scathing New York Times op-ed called It's Time to Break Up Facebook. Decrying the company's unchecked expansion and cavalier handling of user data, Hughes's critique resonated with a growing chorus of calls for regulatory action against Facebook. The alarm bells Hughes rang were underscored by his current status. Having long departed from Facebook to lead the economic security project, he was now advancing the narrative that Facebook's corporate might was a clear and present danger. Facebook's staggering ascent was built, in part, on a relentless quest to absorb smaller potential rivals. The company had consumed nearly 70 other businesses, with monumental acquisitions such as Instagram in 2012 and WhatsApp in 2014, highlighting its strategic advance to dominate social networking and messaging globally. The consequence of this acquisitive strategy wasn't merely a ballooning user base, but access to vast quantities of data. Though initially pledging that these newly acquired entities would enjoy autonomy, Zuckerberg eventually opted for a more integrated approach where separate interfaces masked a unified backend. This strategy, as noted by legal scholars Tim Wu and Scott Hemphill, could complicate attempts to disassemble the Facebook empire through antitrust enforcement. As the gears began turning toward the 2020 election, political figures like Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders spotlighted combating Facebook's monopolistic behavior as a key issue. But it was not just the experts and politicians who were critical of the tech titan. Facebook continued to stumble over its own feet politically. Despite boasting of enhanced moderation systems, the platform became a breeding ground for deepfake videos, including an unflattering doctored video of House Speaker Nancy Pelosi. Zuckerberg's refusal to remove the fake set off a chain reaction, alienating Pelosi, a representative with deep roots in the tech industry's heartland. The backlash left Zuckerberg and Facebook with a dwindling list of allies in Washington. The combination of anti-competitive concerns, personal betrayals, and political missteps had effectively encircled the social media giant 
with a legion of adversaries, each advocating for the company's once unthinkable dissolution. Part 7. Facebook's stumbling attempt to recast itself amid political tensions. As the summer of 2019 unfolded, Mark Zuckerberg found himself increasingly embroiled in the turbulent world of politics. Guided by Joel Kaplan, Nick Clegg, and his team of public policy specialists, Zuckerberg was keen on making inroads with influential political figures, including the likes of Republican Senator Lindsey Graham and pundit Tucker Carlson, culminating in a high-profile engagement with President Donald Trump himself. Zuckerberg's overture was met with a favorable response from Trump, who celebrated their meeting with a tweet. Yet, within the company, this political mingling sparked unease. But Zuckerberg remained resolute, knowing full well the importance of these alliances for Facebook's longevity. Despite Zuckerberg's political maneuvering, Facebook struggled to reposition itself as a defender of free expression. Zuckerberg's powwows with political heavyweights were part of a broader strategy to cast Facebook as a fundamentally American enterprise, a counterbalance to the rising influence of Chinese social media giants like WeChat and TikTok. However, to American sensibilities, Zuckerberg aimed to recast Facebook's moderation policies as a testament to freedom. With the 2020 election horizon looming, Facebook announced an absolute hands-off stance on fact-checking political ads, sparking immediate uproar from various facets worried about the potential for unchecked misinformation. In response to the burgeoning criticism, Zuckerberg delivered a speech at Georgetown University, championing Facebook's purported commitment to free speech. He made the misleading claim that the platform's inception was tied to political discourse surrounding the Iraq War, and even went as far as to liken online expression to the civil rights movement, assertions which were met with widespread rebuke, including from organizations like the Anti-Defamation League and Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Sheryl Sandberg later attempted to substantiate Zuckerberg's stance in a conversation with Katie Couric, but her efforts did little to temper the skepticism. Fatigued by Facebook's persistent controversies, the public's patience was wearing thin, and as it would turn out, Facebook's battle to rehabilitate its image was far from over. Part 8. Facebook's Balancing Act Between Public Safety and Free Speech In the tumultuous spring of 2020, as the COVID-19 pandemic gripped the world, President Trump took to the podium and, in a now-notorious press conference, whimsically suggested that injecting disinfectants could treat the virus. Within moments, this alarming advice found its way to Trump's Facebook page, clearly breaching the platform's policies against disseminating medical misinformation. Facebook, yet again, faced a daunting decision on content moderation but chose to leave the president's message untouched in the name of free speech. This delicate period presented a litmus test for social media giants and their policies on expression versus misinformation. As the pandemic raged and the death of George Floyd ignited nationwide protests, the digital world became a hotspot for incendiary content. When Trump posted a veiled threat against protesters on Twitter, the platform took the extraordinary step of flagging it. Facebook, under Zuckerberg's leadership, resisted such measures, sparking an internal revolt. 
employees staged a virtual walkout, and dozens of the company's early contributors publicly voiced their dissent. The discord within Facebook amplified as prominent advertisers, troubled by the company's inaction over harmful content, boycotted the platform. Verizon, Starbucks, and Ford brought commercial pressure, highlighting the growing discontent with Facebook's content policies. The controversy wasn't solely about Trump's pronouncements. Facebook's newly implemented private group's feature came under scrutiny as it inadvertently became a sanctuary for extremist content, hate speech, and even the planning grounds for right-wing militias. The Capitol riot on January 6th underscored this issue, with many of the rioters having openly coordinated their actions in Facebook's unmonitored groups. Confronted with a maelstrom of criticism and a shaken status quo, Facebook initiated a pivot. The platform announced tighter restrictions on hazardous content and made the unprecedented move of suspending Trump's account, signaling a retreat from its staunch free speech stance. The formation of the Facebook Oversight Board, an independent entity designed to deliberate on content moderation, marked another significant shift in policy. Despite skepticism about whether this was a genuine step towards accountability or a tactic to deflect executive responsibility, Facebook was, for the first time, openly grappling with the impact and limitations of its influence on worldwide discourse. The path ahead for the social media titan was fraught with uncertainty as it navigated these uncharted waters. Final summary. Facebook the digital Goliath that sprung from the collegiate confines of a Harvard dorm room, has become synonymous with the modern social media landscape. At the helm, Mark Zuckerberg's relentless pursuit of growth and user engagement has catapulted the platform into unprecedented prominence. But this journey has been marred by a series of deep-rooted issues. The propagation of extremist content, political manipulation, the undermining of personal privacy, and the outright challenge of maintaining a semblance of ethically guided content moderation. The platform's algorithms, designed to captivate and retain user attention, inadvertently became a conduit for disseminating divisive and inflammatory material. In the political arena, Facebook's algorithms and policies proved double-edged swords facing intense scrutiny over their role in swaying elections and fostering misinformation. Despite these setbacks, Facebook has initiated attempts to revamp its policies, aiming to better align the company with the principles of responsible communication and public safety. It has waded through internal resistance, public backlash, and regulatory challenges, which have forced it to contemplate the balance between safeguarding freedom of expression and curtailing the spread of harmful content. The crux of Facebook's narrative revolves around the quintessential question. Can it evolve into a platform that not only connects the world, but also ensures the digital ecosystem it dominates is both safe and truthful? As we stand at the crossroads of this digital era, it's evident that Facebook's path forward will be scrutinized not just by the eyes of the tech world, but by history itself. The journey ahead promises to be one of transformation, reassessment, and perhaps redemption.
Thank you for joining me today on this journey of learning and discovery as we explored the insights of another thought-provoking book in our growing library of knowledge. If you've enjoyed our time together, please take a moment to follow our podcast, give us a five-star rating, and share 20-minute books with other knowledge seekers. Your support truly means a lot. Don't forget to join me again in the next episode, where we will delve into another enriching book. Until then, happy reading and happy listening.